Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. You're listening to TalkSport 2. I'm Tim Cocker, and this is the Lions Daily, and Test Week has arrived. All the warm-up matches done and dusted. Now it's all about those three test matches against South Africa, and the first of those is live on TalkSport this Saturday. So over the next hour, we'll look at some of those big selection dilemmas facing Warren Gatland and hear from Steve Tandy, one of his coaches, and Ty Furlong, one of the key players from inside the camp. Former Lions flanker Lewis Moody's going to join us to focus on the back row. Some huge calls to be made there. And just because we've got the test to look forward to doesn't mean our player profile feature is over. Not a chance. Luke Cowandicki, he could feature in the test series, could be a key figure as well. So we'll find out about his journey with the help of his brother, Tom Cowandicki, in about half an hour. And if you've picked your lion side for the first test, well, me and Alfie, we did it on Friday and we're going to see if we've changed our minds at all on some of those selections after what we saw on Saturday. Uh, and we've got a few more of those amusing moments from TalkSport's coverage over the weekend. It's another busy Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. So on with the show. There's a buzz, isn't there? It's Test Week, a week that only comes around once every four years, or, well, in South Africa's case, once every 12 years. We'll be right across everything as it happens here on Lions Daily. And uh, to start the show, let's get straight into the Lions camp. Earlier today, our reporter in South Africa, Neil Manthorpe, spoke to the Lions assistant coach, Steve Tandy. Can you describe Test Week? How does it feel? How different is it to the rest of the tour? Uh, yeah, I think the intensity goes up. I think there's, um, there's, there's more nerves at the start of the week, obviously a week of selection. And I think, obviously, coming to the, the main event now in around the series and the end of day Lions series defined on whether you win or lose. Uh, Warren said on Thursday that you would sit down on Sunday for your first discussion, test selection discussion. How did it go? How long was it? Um, it was probably just under two hours. Um, look, it was, and the time flew by. It wasn't as if it was a dragged out experience. It was um, like you look at all the players, we've got a, more or less a clean bill of health um, in around the squad. I think everyone's performed and, and put their hands up. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty robust. It was... There was lots of detail, lots of, lots of good um, discussions. And, yeah, we, we, we're not far away now, I think, from actually confirming the 23. What comes first, the, the game plan or the players? Do you have a game plan and fit, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think, look, obviously we've got a game plan on how we want to play, but I think having the types of players we've got, they can adapt to any sort of game plan um, in around how we want to play. Um, so I think we're pretty lucky to have the, the, the talent within the group that can adapt to whatever you throw at them. And finally, just coming back to, to Test Week, I mean, it, you're staying at a beautiful place. We're overlooking the 18th fairway of this magnificent golf course. Um, there are millions of Lions supporters who can have a very anxious week in the build-up to the Test match. I'm really curious to know what it's like for you and whether you can relax. And, and I mean, I know that you'll be spending a lot of time doing analysis, but yeah. it's going to be a long week if you if you don't switch off. Some. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think we, we, at the end of the day, we, we like the supporters. We're, like As a coach, I feel anxious. You get you get nervy, but you've, you've got confidence in the team. And I think, look, we're all here to, to win the series, just like the supporters back home. We, we want to win. So, yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be nervy. There'll be nerves in the players, but I think it's always good to have that little bit of nerves in around going into something really big and important. I think we'll probably find it a little bit hard to relax as coaches. You're always probably making sure you've covered everything. But again, it's that balance of not overdoing it to the players because yeah, probably as much as you want to show more and more, probably less is a bit stronger because you, you, you like ultimately we, we trust these players to make good decisions on the field and we know they'll be mentally prepared. So yeah, long, long-winded answer. But yeah, I think it'll, it'll be just, we probably like a little bit like supporters. They'll be anxious, nerves, but ultimately, there's massive excitement going into this first game. Lions assistant coach Steve Tandy talking with Neil Manthorpe out in South Africa today. Um, wow. Uh, two hours that meeting was. Uh, I've got Alfie Reynolds with me. Talk sports Alfie Reynolds. Two hours. That, that sort of puts to one side any suggestion, as has been made, that Warren Gatlin had already picked his side before the weekend. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I'm fascinated to know that coach's meeting and what happens. Do you think all the coaches go in with who their 23 would be and then they go through and debate? Do they start in the front row and work their way through and discuss it? I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated about how those discussions work. Yeah, and is it a case that they all sort of pitch and <laughs> then Warren Gatland makes the final call and might ign- completely ignore them or, or how much his decision can be swayed or do some coaches push actually, all right, well, I'm not going to fight that one if I can get him in. It's Yeah, you're right. And uh, hopefully in the documentary we might get to see some of this, but uh, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for this one. And also, do you think there's certain players that going into that meeting, Warren Gatlin knows so-and-so they're on his team sheet. It doesn't matter what the other coaches are going to say, he's starting. So do you think straight away he's got, okay, that position, that position, that position, these are my decisions and we're filling in everything. I would absolutely love to see in detail kind of what what they speak about and also so they spoke for two hours on Sunday where did they get to by the end of that meeting as well how many positions were still up for grabs yeah and Steve Tandy sort of hinted that it was pretty much done but wasn't done Mm. so uh, I don't know whether they're waiting on medical reports I know Wynne Jones had a slight knock in the game against South Africa eh? that, that might be the sort of thing they're waiting on physios and I don't know, but I I love it. And I didn't listen to Lions Daily yesterday uh, with you and Hannah having a chat. And I I think I agree with you that there is relatively few positions on the field where there are any nailed on starters, maybe only a handful at most. So everything's up for grabs. Yeah, I, I think I said on the show yesterday, but thinking now in terms of nailed on starters, I would have Marit OJ, Tyg Furlong and Josh Adams. And I think that's probably pretty much the only three that for me are absolutely like they would be in cemented into that team well I mean when you look at the guys in the back in, in the back three I don't even know as as incredible as he can be that Josh Adams is 
nailed on in the way that Maru mm. Itoji and Tyg Furlong is. So yeah, it could, it's up for debate. It could, it's, there's definitely a debate to be had. So that, that just goes to show how interesting the next few days are going to be and how much in bars, rugby clubs, in WhatsApp groups and right here on Lions Daily, we are going to be debating all of these selections right up until the moment that we hear Warren Gatland announce his 23. By the way, Tim, because I absolutely love it and the discussions we have and I saw, I think after the show on Friday, am I right in thinking that you put up on Twitter your your team, right? Yeah. I love it that people like disagree with you and get frustrated about some yeah. of your selections. We all pick different teams, okay? <laughs> Warren Gatland will pick a different team as yeah. well. It's part of it. It's part of the fun. And listen, we're going to be all over it for the next few days on Lions Daily. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it, the other thing, just picking up on what Steve Tandy said there, is that they do have the personnel in that Lions squad to play a number of different ways. And I, I, I got, the, got the impression that even within the 80 minutes, that they might just go, yeah, flip it and change the way you play, or we need to do this a bit more. And So they've got an embarrassment of riches. One of the guys that we have just said we think is nailed on. He's going to be starting come what may, and he, he's been in pretty much every pundit's predicted 15 except for Alex Corbiziero on yesterday's Lions Daily listen again for that if you want to hear what he said about the front row but Tyg Tyg Furlong I should say uh, the tight head prop uh, he's been speaking to us as well and said um, well he said everyone's eager for the team to be announced it'd be good to get it out there whenever it is named and let lads deal with the way you know they deal with as I said there are a lot of experienced players in the group here and you know it's a test match it's we're back to a you know a full week's prep which feels a lot more normal to all the players here and and then we can just get get on with our work really and when it's time to switch off and enjoy each other's company we can do that too is he's got enough rugby under his belt tag furlong that he can just switch off and chill uh on a test week uh but it, it must have been quite strange for the players uh um as you say this must be a sort of return to normality in some ways yes it's a huge game ahead but they have got that full week preparation which they haven't had for anything up until this point yeah well i mentioned how interested i would be to you know, hear that coaches meeting and and all the discussions happening there. Likewise for the players, I think this must be uh, a strange time as a professional. Do you think the players speak about it? Do you think in their, you know, whether it's whatever they're doing to to hang out in their downtime, are they chatting about who do you think's made the team? I don't think I've done enough. I think that person's maybe ahead. Do, Do you think those discussions go on or it doesn't happen at all? Again, I think it's an element that we never really see, do we? But I would be, yeah, as I say, I'd be very interested to know whether that does happen. I'm, I'm sure they will acknowledge that, oh, you know, everyone's, we're waiting for the team to be announced. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I would imagine that those are the sort of conversations you have with people you know very well. So mm. I'm sure Elliot Daly and Jamie George will have a little quiet moment uh, and with Owen Farrell maybe and just have a chat about that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's the sort of thing you have with people, uh, with people, the rest of the group, which is why it's a really interesting dynamic to throw into the whole Lions mix because whilst there's four nations coming together now it's getting very real yeah yeah exactly that and for a lot of players you know after this week I mean they're going to be massively deflated I think I believe that that the team will be announced to us on Thursday so I'm presuming that the players are probably being told tomorrow I would have thought in terms of building up towards the game on Saturday so come tomorrow I'd imagine there's going to be some pretty disappointed players uh, within that Lions playing squad and then it's how do you go about your business? You have to be a professional and kick on, and I'm sure they absolutely will, but it is one of those times. It's not like not making the match day 23 for your club on the weekend when you know
know you're going to get plenty more chances. It's it's almost a, a lifelong career ambition that you think maybe you're not quite going to be able to realise. 100%. And they don't have any midweek rugby to try and say, I'm in form, look at me. And uh, it was interesting, Greg Laidlaw, who's part of the team, and he was. Uh, I watched a game with him on Saturday from uh, the pub just near work and he was brilliant with the fans but one of the things he said was once they got the t- the selection for the first test all the guys that weren't picked he said his words d- went and drowned their sorrows he had a big night out with Haskell another <laughs> another member of the team I can imagine that is quite quite <laughs> something by the way just to confirm you and Greg were there at the pub for work as well wasn't it it, oh, wasn't, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't just purely for you, you were watching the game at the pub with Greg Laidlaw which admittedly I'd be quite jealous about anyway what a gig yeah, well, exactly, exactly. I might try and join you this Saturday. Yeah, uh, But that's interesting to hear Greg Laidlaw talk about that in terms of, you know, well, the expression of drowning your sorrows because then in 2017, you certainly got the impression that, that you know, obviously, you know, they were right behind the boys. But, you know, that moment when you don't get picked and you're not part of that squad, is must it must be tough. Yeah, and we've been talking a lot about how cl- tight this group appear to be. This is just one of those moments, and I'm sure it would have been identified when they first got together, this next few days is one of the moments where the robustness of that group ethic that they've created is going to be tested. I guess also the nature of, you look at previous Lions tours, it's never the same 23 for all three tests. There will still be opportunities for guys to come in there, whether that be form or injury. So your opportunities aren't entirely shut off. No, true. And it's a slightly smaller squad than normal. So I guess that uh, just makes that slightly more uh, slightly easier as well. But like we say, lots and lots to talk about, and we will. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware, commentary of the whole tour, all three test matches between the Lions and South Africa across the TalkSport network, and now one of the most uh, up-for-debate areas in terms of team selection is the back row. Good news, though. Former Lions flanker Lewis Moody can tell us what he thinks next. <laughs> I got to play for the British and Irish Lions in 2005 and to be honest it's one of the greatest experiences of my life. A threat constantly to New Zealand at the line out. Now another try! At last, the Lions get over. Lewis Moody. Four nations coming together under one banner. We spend our entire year preparing to beat lumps out of each other. Whereas this is the special occasion where all those nations come together. They earn each other's respect, loyalty, trust and they go out onto the pitch and deliver it. Welcome back to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 and we'll be here every Sunday to Friday over the next three weeks bringing you the very latest from the Lions Tour. This week, of course, where we're looking ahead to the start of that test series and a a debate over who Warren Gatland will select in his starting side. Perhaps the biggest dilemma there is in the back row. So I'm really glad we got the help of former Lions flanker Lewis Moody joining me now to make some sense of it. Um, Hi, Lewis. Hello, mate. Well, I don't know if I'm going to help you make sense of it. It's been <laughs> awesome, isn't it? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you what, what you've made of the tour so far. Do you know what? It's been wonderful with everything else that's been going on in uh, in our lives. I'm actually in isolation at the minute as well. So the uh, the distraction of, of sport, whether it's, you know, the Lions, the football, um, the Olympics coming up has, has been an absolute joy, to be honest. But, uh, you know, the, the rugby in particular, in particular, has been, it's just been fascinating because there's been so many high-scoring games in the midweek sides. Um, and then coming into that first game, you know, you call it South Africa A, really it was a test match. Um, you know, all of a sudden you realise how far, um, how big a step up it is from midweek games to, to test matches. But I've absolutely loved the fact that when you're when you're on a Lions tour, when you have the opportunity to see the lads playing, the boys that get picked, all you want to do is see 
each and every player put their hand up and say, look, I'm in, I'm in contention. Um, and, and we've seen that sort of in abundance across the field, which is why we're in the position we are. We're all debating who's going to be starting. And quite frankly, I'm not sure even if Gaps knows. Well, I'm interested what your memories are of that test selection week. I mean, if I recall, uh, you had a knock before the first test in 2005. You played the, the test two and three. But what what your memories of of this little period? What will the play, what will be going through the players' minds, and and what will be different about right now? Well, that is a good memory, actually. You know, I can barely remember that from 15, 16 years ago. So. Uh, uh, I suppose it's your job to, to call on those bits of information, but you're right. Um, I'm a Norse. You know, I don't mind that being <laughs> a rugby, rugby Norse. Um, you know, the, the, the lead-up to the Test match, the Lions, the Lions tour is all about getting in that Test side. You know, that is, that is the opportunity that matters for you as a player. It's about proving how good you are amongst your peers in the British and Irish um, ranks. And, um, and the nervous energy that goes into that sort of selection week, you know, as I said, I was injured. You said I was injured prior to the first test, so I missed out there. But the second week, you know, you have to, the only thing you can do as a player is go out and perform and put a question in the coach's mind as to who should be playing your position. Um, and, and for me, that's all I wanted to do. And one of the things that I really enjoyed on the tour was, you know, getting to play with the guys that you spend years learning to hate and wanting to batter um, and actually finding out that they're all A, decent blokes. They've got similar work ethic, professional attitude. Um, but even more enjoyable was getting onto the field with them and then realizing that for me, it was Martin Williams, my Welsh opposite number I'd spent years playing against. Playing with him was, you know, was a real eye-opener because all of a sudden you see how you can gel with other players, you know, other world-class players and see where you're at in that pecking order as well. But for me, playing alongside some of those um, opposition players from other nations in the lines, that was that was the best bit for me, figuring out how we were going to do it together in that moment because you have such a short space of time to come together as a unit to deliver in those matches, what is it, a seven-week period. I mean, it's it's crazy how quickly they have to turn it around, but, but a really enjoyable process to go through. I want to get your thoughts, Lewis, on uh, on on Alan Wynne Jones in a second. You've uh, you were a leader of note yourself. You played with and under some some great captains. Uh, this is what Steve Tandy had to say uh, about Alan Wynne Jones and the inspiration that he is to the squad. To do things that Alan Wynne have done, like you look at him as a person and how he's driven like himself and and teams around him. So look, he had so much value to the group coming back in. Everyone. Him come, arriving, I think, gives everyone a lift. Just seeing him back and just knowing the experience, the quality, and just just the energy around the group he brings. So it's, it's great having him back. Would he start for you, Lewis, on Saturday? I, I think he has to start. Really, you know, um, there's been a lot of debate around uh, around the leadership once once he departed. You know, Conor took it on. Um, you'd have to argue that his form maybe isn't good enough to be starting. You know, irrelevant of his leadership. Uh, abilities and then you know who else has done it? You've seen Jamie George, Ian Henderson, uh, a number of other guys have had that opportunity. Um, but I think for his experience and knowledge and understanding of how to run a game in a tight situation, um, especially going back to the season in the, in the Six Nations, this one. I mean, a remarkable turnaround from where they were, Wales were the year before, um, and under great leadership from Alan, they get on and turn around completely. So. I think he has to start. I think that's, that's a harsh call because 
you'd have to argue that actually all the second rows, you know, Henderson in particular has played well, Beard, Itoji, I mean, Hill, they've all stepped up. No one's really put the foot wrong. Um, so it's going to be a big call, but Alan Wynne Jones would start for me. Who, who goes alongside him? <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't like to guess. I, I well, I was sort of thinking in terms of playing and earning it on the field. Then it's going to be it was Marrow plus one. It's interesting to hear you say about Alan Wynne Jones's leadership alone gets him on the field, and I think a lot of people would agree. Is there uh, picking up on what you said? Because I agree with you. All the second rows have played so well. Is there any potential that Alan Wynne Jones coming back in, and he will have played if he starts the first test thirty five minutes in two months? Is there any potential that it, that might rock the boat with some of his teammates, some of those guys that are, are out there to compete as well? No, I don't think so. I mean, Ian Baird wouldn't have been there if Wynne Jones was fit. Um, you know, he's taken the opportunity where you can ask players to take the opportunity. They're all professionals. They all want to be a part of a successful side. He was the leader of this tour. Injury took him away. You know, a couple of weeks out injured. Um, if he thinks I do Jones, all the world of good um, after a long season and small campaign. Um, so I let havoc and discord in the ranks. Um, I'm sure there will be some that will be frustrated because they saw a glimmer of that Lions test spot available to them and now it might be seeing slightly more distant. But ultimately, these guys are professionals that will be working towards a common cause, and, and that is having a successful Lions tour. So, um, you know, the, the lads all messed up, they'll be disappointed, but at the end of the day, they all know that they have gone out and performed as well as they could to, to give themselves the opportunity to start. Um, you know, I would probably agree with you to some degree that Toji and, and Wynn Jones seems like the, the, um, the go to starting lineup. Um, then it's just, you know, who they bring on the bench, you know, Laws, I think, with his versatility, you know, he can play six as well. You know, we know Gatlin likes a big, abrasive, uh, you know, player. Laws is slightly, slightly uh, lighter than he used to be, but um, but that could be benefit him in, uh, you know, in the fixed position. And if he's covering both on the bench, then that could be a nice, um, a nice little addition for, for Gat. Um, but there's so many conundrums, you know, around, you know, who else does he have? You know, does he have Watson on the bench as, as cover for out and out seven? Um, you know, with Curry, um, you're going to have Tad Byrne, I imagine, at six starting. Uh, you know, you're probably going to ask me all about the back row and a very quickly diversified. No, no, no. <laughs> that's, you, 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 you've taken me exactly where I wanted you to go because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the obvious selection it appears to be and the you know sort of amalgamating all of the pundits uh, and piecing them together, it seems to be a Burn Curry, Falatau back row. Um, I, I would, I would, I, well, this is the question, I guess, because I would maybe go um, uh, Burn, Watson, Curry at eight because I just want to get the best informed players on the field. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the question. Do you, what, what's, what, what should come first for you? Because you sometimes got accommodated in different positions or you were in back rows where uh, to get people on the field, they were shuffled into different jerseys. Uh, is it about, getting the blend of the three or is it about getting the, the best informed players that can do the most damage on the field? Um, that is a fantastic question. Um, do you know what, and, and for that reason alone is why I would love to have seen Curry and Watson actually play left and right during some of those build-up games. Instead, we sort of saw them play um, bit parts as, you know, one of the sixes or eights would come off and they'd end up playing together for the last sort of, 10, 15 minutes maybe of a game. I would love to have seen Curry and Watson play side by side and see what they can actually offer as a, 
you know, as a pairing themselves, you know, whether they played left and right rather than that go-to six and seven sort of positions that is is pretty synonymous in this country with with the back row. You know, South Africa and France have played left and right combinations for the donkey's years. So um, we haven't seen enough of that, which means Curry probably does start, despite the fact that Watson has been phenomenal in every game he's played. He's like a he's like a human ping ball. He just bounces around and off of defenders. Um, he still keeps going even when he's hit. Um, so I would, I, you know, I feel he has to be in that in that test squad. For me, it won't be starting because we've just not seen enough of him and Curry play together. Um, and and for for that reason, you have to bring in, you know, Pat Burn. He's been playing supremely well. Um, Conan hasn't, you know, he's been solid. He's, he's not really, uh, for me, he hasn't done enough to, to displace Burn. And um, the other, you know, the other one, I suppose, is Simmons. But again, he hasn't done enough in the opportunities for me that he's had. Yes, a brilliant player, Premiership Player of the Year. But those three, you know, as all the critics have said, Curry, Burn and Fatal feel like the, the natural starters. Um, but we know, like we know, Gats loves to throw a, you know, throw a conundrum in there or a, or 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 a little uh, change up to to throw everyone off course. But I'd be surprised if there was a starting back row different to those three. And exactly what you've described is why we'll we'll all be debating it between ourselves right up until the very minute when Warren Gatland selects his side. Lewis, thanks so much for your time. Take care, pleasure. Lewis Moody, former England captain, former British Lion, and his thoughts on, well, the selection for the first test. Uh, it's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware. And TalkSport has commentary of every test match between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. And we're going to be looking at one of the players who could be in contention to, who knows, start, maybe on the bench, maybe miss out. That's how up in the air it is for the hooker position. Luke Cowan-Dickey, I'll be joined by his uh, big brother, Tom, to chat all about his career, uh, his journey from boy, uh, little brother, to potential lion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Gets it out to the right, and finally, they connect. And they're in England. It's Luke Cowan Dickey. Luke Cowan Dickey exits Chiefs, England. He's another real competitor. Um, you've got the thing that really experienced in that that hooking position and uh, the, the three of them are going to really fight it out and I'm sure when he gets his opportunity he's going to make the most of it. Turned over on their own line by Luke Cowan-Dickey and he brings it away. Actually went back into his own in-goal area to find an angle to bring it back onto the field of play. He's had a really good tour so far, hasn't he? England and Exeter Chiefs, Luke Cowan-Dickey. Uh, he's our player profile today and this is the little part of the show where we, we like to hear about where these players have come from what they're like not not the stuff you see, see on the weekend or the, the media trained dancers but the real story from the people that know them best from right back when they were youngsters and today to chat about Luke it's his brother Tom Cowan-Dickey how are you doing Tom? Yeah I'm good thanks mate how are you? I'm alright firstly I know, I know you're a player at Cornish Pirates yourself you're rehabbing at the minute how's that all going? Yeah it's alright um, all apart from my phone uh, my voice really Oh, everything's going on track. <laughs> the, the voice isn't because you were <laughs> queuing up for a nightclub for midnight last night. No, no, they, um, <laughs> they went through the front of my neck and cut, cut my cut my voice box thing. Oh, mate, that's unreal. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. be what's when you're going to be back playing yourself? Um, hopefully September, October. That's how the season ish. Good man, big season in the championship this year, isn't it? Obviously, so uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all the best with that. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm, I'm going to talk about your, your brother. I'm sure you get this a lot. Yes, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. So, uh, what is the age gap between you? Two, two years. Okay, and you're the big brother. How competitive were you as two aspiring rugby players growing up? What was it like? I mean, like the rugby side of it, like not too much because you know, like you know, growing up. Age group stuff is is, is um is we're not really didn't really play much together, but like stuff stuff around the house like playing games or stuff like that was pretty competitive. Yeah, it ended up in a few fights now and again. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. Top, yeah, who won? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it was a toss up, really. Fair so was, uh, yeah, as he as he got as he got a bit bigger, like he started, he started <laughs> uh, I sort of backed off a little bit. Mate, anyone who can say they came off about 50-50 with Luke Cowan-Dickey, you, you, you must be made of tough stuff because your brother, some of his chop tackles, the physicality, has he always been like that through the age grades when he was younger? Yeah, well, he's, 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 he's actually quite like, he's, um, he was always like physical, like bigger than everyone else. But like there's a couple of times where like you, you see him like carry the ball and he alerts someone and then like, as a kid, like feel sorry for him and stop. So it's, it's great. It's quite it's quite odd, but like yeah, his mentality now has changed like massive. And uh, what's it been like watching your brother play for the British and Irish Lions? Pretty like unreal, really. Like um, still still like pinch yourself to like don't really don't really get it. Like I suppose once once you know he gets back and stuff, it'll all be talk about it then. But like at the minute, it's still like sort of unbelievable. Well, he's actually been speaking as well. Um, it's a big week for all the players, Luke included. Uh, Luke said what it would mean to him to make the test squad. It'd be amazing to get a test um, under my belt. But for me, obviously, it's about winning the test series. So the coach is going to pick, obviously, the best 23. And if I'm not involved in that, as long as we go out and do the job and win, um, I'll be just as happy. So, um, you know, I've, I've done what I, I could have done, obviously, from, from the previous games and tonight. Put my foot forward. But obviously, if it's, if it's not right, then, you know, I'll just have to take on the tune. 
Tom, have you heard from Luke about how he's feeling ahead of test selection? Uh, not really, about I text him like before the games and stuff. And, um, you know, like, like well done after and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't try not to like, but like, you know, talk to him too much. So he just focuses on what he's doing out there. Fair enough. Well, he's got a fan in uh, James Haskell, who was part of our commentary team on Saturday, and he's tipped him for a test start. I mean, we just mentioned his mentioned his name there. You know, Exeter, the Exeter player. You know, they do a lot of driving malls there. This one broke up. This rotated. Luke Cowandick, he kept his composure. Other people would have broken out as it rolled around the corner. He's got that unbelievable strength, Luke Cowandick. You know, he, he's so physical. He gets so low in, in the tackle, but he's very abrasive when he carries the ball. He shrugged people off. He had the nous to get over the line this time with a full legal reach of the ball. Um, and I, I, look, I think he's playing himself into that shirt. You know, I think he was the form England hooker going into it. Uh, and I just hope that Warren Gatton sees that. I mean, I, you know, I've got. I've got utmost respect for Jamie George, but at the moment, this Lions team needs directness, physicality, ruthlessness, and a bit of edge, and that is embodied in Luke Cowan-Dickey. High praise from James Haskell. Um, what have you made, Tom, of uh, your baby brother's performances at the Lions? He's been he's been pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been pretty good around the pitch, like you said, but he's been decent. I think that, like, that, that last game they played that really, really showed what it was about. I think that was one of the better games I've seen him play. Which is pretty, pretty proud to see. Um, I think, I think it's obviously like you know, three of the best hookers in the world out there. So it's going to be a tough choice, but I'm hoping that he gets in the shirt. Just when you hear yourself saying that, he could get in the shirt to play against, as you say, some of the best hookers in the world against the world champions. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, expect him to get to this level? I sort of like growing up, like younger, not like probably you only really think about it too much, but. So as you hit the age group stuff like when you start playing in eighteens and twenties and stuff like that, you could sort of see, even though he was a looser back then, like just like you know he was a different caliber, different like quality of player, and um yeah, so so sort of around then, so I thought you know oh he could play for England, um at some point and then but never really spoke about the Lions or anything like that. So yeah, it's pretty pretty unreal. So. I'm, in my experience, and I only know this because you know I'm brother of a guy who was a professional uh, player. My, my my baby brother was, and uh, uh, n- not to Luke's level at the Lions, but just Premiership and stuff. And, but w- when we watched the games, I used to feel more like nervous. I was a bag of nerves. My mum was the whole family, we, and he just took it in his stride. How how are you when you watch him in potentially watch him this weekend in a game like that? What will it be like with you and your family? I think for me, it felt like my mum, she like, so every time he has a line out, she can't watch, she like, turns away or goes, closes her eyes. But um, yeah, I think like after like, the first like couple of minutes, like see him do something like get out, like, you know, make a tackle or a good carry or, you know, set piece. After that, like, I first I settles down a bit and I feel like I get like, it's easier. Like once he's done something good, like the last thing you want to see is like, like a mistake first up. Because then, like, he, 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 I feel like you'll get a bit nervous then. So then I get a bit nervous. Uh, it's fascinating to hear that. So I want everyone to spare a thought for all the people biting their nails and uh, going through hell watching. But, um, well, I, I hope you have that as a problem to face this weekend because Luke has been absolutely brilliant. It's been great chatting to you. Of course, Tom, uh, the one thing you haven't been able to do this time, which you, you do get the chances, when your baby brother is, uh, you know, a top player, you, you get tickets to the games, mate. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I I enjoy going to watch. Like, if I'm not if I'm not playing on the weekend, I 
go and see what he's doing. Like, yeah, it's good fun. Well, enough. Tom, I hope you are back playing uh, soon with Cornish Pirates and uh, all, all the best to Luke for, for the weekend. Top man, thanks for your time. Thank you much. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. Now up next, um, we heard a little bit from James Haskell on Luke Cowan Dickey, but uh, when you've got James Haskell in your commentary box, there's plenty of entertaining moments and we've got some of them for you next. such an excellent squad to pick from this time around. I think there's there's guys playing well all throughout the, the whole squad. It's only a positive uh, leading into that test match because they're going to need to play really well to beat a strong South African team. Gats, from from my experience, he does it in a team meeting. He doesn't pre-sort of empt people. He, he announces the team in the team meeting. I'm only probably repeating what everyone else is saying in terms of this going to be some tight calls. It means so much, not to get personal about it, but I've been through you know, a rough enough year with injury and stuff like that. And, you know, why are you doing it? You're doing it to try to go on a line store. We're in a position now to, to pick a team that, that's going to go out there and, and hopefully be victorious next Saturday. You know, there'll be 20, 23 lucky boys involved and there'll be some disappointed faces. I think Stuart Hogg just nailed it there. There are going to be plenty of nervous players within that Lions squad this week, eagerly awaiting to find out have they made the 23-man squad to take on South Africa on Saturday. Uh, so we are going to get into some of the funnies from the uh, commentary at the weekend. You can find out what James Haskell was talking about here. Do a jigsaw. Do a jigsaw. <laughs> but right now, uh, I'm Tim Cocker, and uh, along with the help of Talk Sports, Alfie Reynolds. We, uh, Alfie, picked our Lions side on Friday to sort of put into sharp focus how important some of the performances on Saturday could be. Now we've seen everything we're going to see from the warm-up games. I want to see if we've made any changes to our 23. Yeah, so we're going to revisit it, aren't we? Um, yeah. I, had to, I had to go back through and just... Most of my team I remembered, but there was a few positions and bench spots I had to just remind myself what I went for. Um, and so I've got I've got one definite change that I would make right now. That's the only that's the only change, but there's a number of other positions that I'm really yeah. tempted. My, I'm looking at my bit of paper here. and it, Have a look at that. It looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a three-year-old's drawing. <laughs> it's it's only going to get worse mess. between now and Thursday. It's a mess, mate. Honestly, uh, I'm making. I've made a change during the show. Oh, really? After listening to Lewis Moody, I've made a change. Oh, interesting. That's the power of Lewis Moody. Yeah, he's convinced me. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, where do you want to start? One or fifteen? Let's start from one. Shirt, shirt. In fact, front row. Any changes in your front row from Friday? Yeah, So this is my one change. So I stuck with Rory Sutherland on Friday, uh, but I am going to put Win Jones in. Uh, and in fact, I'm sorry, Rory Sutherland, and I'm sorry the Scotland fans, but Sutherland's not even making my bench now. He's dropped out of the 23 entirely. Ooh, don't you go north of the border anytime soon, Alfie Reynolds? Uh, although I, I I selected that front row on Friday, and I'm sticking with that. As as good as Luke Cowan-Dickey has been. The reason I'm, I've stuck with Jamie George and Luke Cowan-Dickey was outstanding at the weekend. He couldn't do, he couldn't have done any more. But I've gone for Jamie George at hooker. Uh, experience, yes, but actually, it's that relationship with Maro Itoji, who is one of my locks, and uh, that relationship between a hooker and a and a jumper is massive. That's a really good shout, actually. Yeah, I've I, I was also Luke Cowan-Dickey has been so good, hasn't he? And even the clip we played of James Haskell uh, in the previous section said, you know, he's the form hooker in England. There's a it's a very very strong argument that Luke Cowan-Dickey is his form is actually better than Jamie George. But I agree with you. I've, I've stuck with Jamie George and, and then Tyg Furlong uh, to complete my front row. Yeah, with uh, Mako 
Luke Cowandicki and Sinclair on the bench? Yes, correct. Massive and opponent. That's, that's same, same as what I've correct. got. So uh, who is partnering Marowitoji in the second row then? We both selected Alan Wynne-Jones on Friday. So I selected Ian Henderson. Oh, you did select Ian Henderson. And I had Alan Wynne-Jones on, on my the, bench. On the bench, yeah. correct. But now you've seen him play 27 minutes at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Has that changed it? S- so yes, but not for the reason that you think. I'm sticking with Otoje and Ian Henderson in my second rows. And I'm tempted to drop Alan Wynne-Jones off my bench. You maverick. I know, because... It's that's, that's two nations you've upset now. Th- let me explain. <laughs> yeah, the English bias is, is really going to come out here. Let me explain this for a moment. And by the way, we'll probably continue, you know, relating back to our teams throughout the show this week. It will continue to change. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But what I'm thinking, last week I went for a 6-2 bench split between the forwards and the backs I'm tempted to go for the traditional five and three which means I need to find place for another back and actually it's Alan Wynne-Jones with the lack of minutes he's had that I would possibly drop uh, to then bring it because Ty Byrne and, and Hamish Watson have been so good and Ty Byrne can cover the second row and the back row keep them on the bench okay and then and then I'd probably bring in uh, another back which I'll come on to in a short while okay so you've got Itoji Henderson uh and your back row is... Uh, I've stuck with Alan Wynne-Jones and Maru Itoji. The, your back row is? Uh, st- I've stuck with it as well. Courtney Laws at sixth, uh, Tom Curry seven, and Talupe Falatau at eight. But I was really tempted to do what you've done, Tim, and, and have Curry at eight. Well, that's what I did. Okay. Uh, I had Tygburn, uh, Hamish Watson, and Tom Curry at eight to accommodate Hamish Watson because I think he's been that good. But I was listening to Lewis Moody, and he's convinced me that... Having not played at eight during this entire tour, I know Tom Curry has played eight for England, but I don't think now is the time to uh, experiment with a new combination. And as good as Hamish Watson has been, I'm dropping him to my bench and I'm bringing in someone who plays number eight, Taolupe Falatau. And I think Jack Conan might feel aggrieved because he's been really good on tour as well. But Burn, Curry, Falatau. Ah, so you've come round to Taolupe Falatau. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that from no. you, Tim, I'll be honest with you. No, it was it was hearing Lewis Moody say, I wish I'd seen Tom Curry and Hamish Watson play on the field together. I'm going, yeah, this would be the first time to do it. And is, is a first test against the world champions the right time to experiment? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so, uh, yeah, on, on the bench, I've got Courtney Laws and Hamish Watson. Uh, in, into, the back line, into the back line, then, I guess. Yep, so uh, we- I'm sticking with Connor Murray at nine. So am I. Although there is a part of me that's thinking, am I being too conservative here? And should we go for the jugular a bit? And therefore, Ali Price probably on form deserves to start. Um, yeah, I am maybe being conservative, maybe being boring. I'm going Conor Murray. I just still feel that I, I think I'd rather have Ali Price coming off the bench still and, and adding that zip to the game. Because if you are chasing a game, I know Conor Murray's quality but he, he is more of a control scrum half, isn't he? And I, ju- I just feel like he's a better option as a starter. But I agree with you. If you're going purely on form, it would be Ali Price. Yeah. Uh, any other... Ch- how, many, have you got, how many more changes have you got in uh, your side behind, aside from that? Uh, so I don't have any chain... Uh, yeah, I don't have any I don't have any other changes so, at the moment. So you selected uh, Bigger, Farrell, Henshaw. Yep. Add, uh, and then the back three of two wingers, Anthony Watson and Josh Adams and Stuart... Stuart Hogg, yes. Okay, I've now got your back line. We're, we're, well. we're slowly getting closer and closer, <laughs> aren't we? Uh, I, and again, I think this is, I, I'm willing to say, and it's as it gets more real and as we get closer and as the the world champions are right there ready to play, I am maybe retreating into tried and tested and known quantities and 
moving away from the slightly riskier, more gung-ho selections. And whereas I had Henshaw and Daly as my centres with Owen Farrell at 10, I'm going, I want, I want Dan Bigger on the field because he's Dan Bigger. I want Owen Farrell on the field because he's Owen Farrell. So it's Bigger, Farrell, Henshaw, Adams, Watson, Hogg. And what, do, what does that do to your bench? Has that done anything to your replacements? Uh, yes. Uh, oh, um, Elliot Daly uh, is on the bench and Chris Harris is on the bench. Okay, interesting. So when I mentioned that I'm tempted to drop Alan Wynne-Jones from the bench to order to bring in an extra back, because I've got Dan Bigger and Owen Farrell starting, I'm tempted to bring in Marcus Smith. Wow. I mean, I was, I'm an absolute prisoner of the moment from Saturday here, Tim, of, of how good Marcus Smith is. And even saying it now, I'm thinking you can't throw Marcus Smith on against South Africa in that environment. I just, I just don't think you can do it. But that was kind of what I was thinking when I was, when I was thinking about dropping Alan Wynne-Jones. People shouting at their radios right now, I know. Well, and, this, and this is going to change, but... That was what I was thinking. As you said, if if you want to get people shouting at you, just just post up a team on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's lots of people that get very angry. Right, to finish the show, uh, we want to revisit some of those uh, amusing moments from TalkSport's commentary on Saturday. And this is the beautiful thing. While we got great weather, get TalkSport on for the rugby and, and listen to it and lie in a park in the sunshine because you've got the entertainment value of James Haskell in the commentary box. And firstly, well, James explained why rugby players need to have normal hobbies. I will say this, I know a few players have extremely dangerous hobbies, including Tom Wood, former England in Northampton, who is a tree surgeon, who sends me pictures of himself on his day off, you know, 100 foot in the air, cutting next to trees, and then showed me a picture of how he'd nearly cut through one of those giant power cables that had grown through the tree. So I would have thought rugby is dangerous enough to not want to start fixing stuff on your roof, cutting trees down, just lads, have a day off, put your feet up, relax, you don't need to be doing it. Do a jigsaw. Do a jigsaw. <laughs> you're not allowed to do a lot of dangerous hobbies if you're a rugby player. Again, I know this from my brother. He, he started skiing as soon as he retired because you're not allowed. Is that? Do they put it in the contract? Yeah, it was in his contract. Really? So, yeah. No skiing holidays. Makes yeah. sense, to be fair. Uh, next up, Craig Doyle. Uh, he was presenting the coverage on Saturday and he, he gave us a great insight into the life of Finn Russell. To be fair, I've been over to interview Finn in his home in Paris. He plays, of course, in Racing 92. Lovely house, no furniture. He's a sofa, right? <laughs> a massive telly. And then he's got the box that the telly came in and he's turned it into a coffee table and he just eats baguettes and plays Xbox all day. That, that is not an exaggeration. I saw the little uh, BT Sport package that, that was recorded at Finn Russell's house. And I can add that to the fact that I know someone who was coached by him. He coached at uh, Glasgow University and he used to turn up to training with two Tesco meal deals <laughs> in a carrier bag. He is so relaxed, isn't he? Yeah. He's one of the most chilled out blokes in world rugby. It goes with his playing style, but you almost wonder how can he be that good Yeah. and, and be that way. It's amazing. Uh, well, James Haskell, he chipped in after Craig had told that story. Also, I would say that, um, you know, when Craig Doyle was talking about Finn Russell, you know, uh, the fact that he lives in Paris and he's just got a, a TV and a sofa, that guy's got so much cash that he's not doing much for, for Scottish stereotypes and not wanting to put your hands in your pocket. Would you mean he's using a television box as a table? That, that is the tightest thing I've ever heard. So, you know, yeah, he, he needs to do a little bit more than, than uh, you know, he needs to fix a roof, but he certainly needs to buy himself some furniture. <laughs> And finally, uh, last week on the show, we played a clip of James noticing Lewis Reese Zamet had a lightning bolt shaved into his hair. On Saturday, there was an update on the hairstyle. Interestingly enough, after the other night, the lightning bolt appears to have gone. 
it appears to have gone the way my hashtag in the back of my hair went in the bin and to be never seen again. I see. I'm going to go and Google that hashtag haircut because I wasn't aware of that. One. I don't remember the hashtag. No. Uh, right, you've been listening to the Lions Daily on Talksport Two with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby. 18 plus. Be drink aware. And remember, the Talksport Network has commentary of every match on the 2021 Lions Tour. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.